Welcome to REI Spotlight with your host, David Schwan, and today's guest is Whitney Sewell with LifeBridge Capital and the host of the Real Estate Syndication Show. Whitney, welcome to the show. Thank you, David. Uh, I'm honored to be on your show. Pleasure to be here. Thank you for, for spending the time with our listeners. Um, give us just a, a, a quick overview of where you're at in real estate right now and, and, and where you're, you, you know, what, what you're focused on right at the moment. Yeah, our, our team is focused on multifamily, large multifamily, preferably 150 units or more. Um, we'll look at anything 100 units or more, but preferably 150 or more. We are uh, currently in Colorado Springs market. That's our focus. Uh, we're looking at a couple other markets, but, uh, but we like drilling down and being focused in one place. And, and um, um, we are uh, focused, like I said, on multifamily. We are growing as fast as we can, but, uh, but as conservative and, and um, you know, as we can be, we are obviously producing the, the daily real estate syndication show and that's helping and educating us and many others. And, and as far as real estate, that's kind of where we're at. We just closed on 180 units uh, about eight weeks ago now, seven, eight weeks ago. And, um, you know, looking at more opportunities, you know, there all the time. And, and like I said, starting to look in some other places as well. Awesome. I, uh, last summer I spent some time in Colorado Springs. Uh, that is a lovely, lovely part of our country. It's beautiful out there. So, uh, yeah, um, I definitely, I, I, I love that market. So that is a, that is an awesome market. Um, let's dig a little bit into the background. How did you, how did you get into multifamily? Multifamily was the the first type of real estate that I wanted to get into. I didn't have any desire to do single family or flips. Um, I was art man. <laughs> I was and uh, I was a police officer with Kentucky State Police, and I, I had never thought about. I, I I was in the military, spent a year overseas, come home, became a police officer. Never thought about doing anything in real estate. Never even crossed my mind. And then I, you know, because of the the lack of income. You know, I, I had I was starting to search like, what else can I do to supplement some income? And you know, because I, I was already working every night, weekend, and holiday, and as much overtime as possible. You know, all those things. And then my wife and I just passed each other in the hallway the first whole year of marriage. And so I said, okay, this is. Well, I I really enjoyed working the road as an officer. It just wasn't what was best, you know, long term. And so in came real estate. So you know, I heard about real estate, and and you know, I said, okay, you know, I I've started learning about so many people that built wealth in real estate and said, okay, you know, I could do this. And so quickly purchased a couple triplexes and made a lot of mistakes, learned a lot the hard way, you know, um, yeah, learned a lot uh, the hard way because it was, we made lots of mistakes. Um, however, um, you know, we bought that and then I, I became a federal agent. I moved from state police, went federal, that moved us to Virginia, still bought and sold numerous small smaller properties and then up to like a 15 unit and then uh, still have the 15 unit, uh, but quickly realized that like, this is going to take me a long time to scale this. This is going to take me a long time. It's just like uh, looking for more single family or duplexes or, you know, small multis, but, uh, um, but it's going to take me a long time. And so then in came syndication and, and, and we can get into that too, but how we've done that, but that's, um, you know, before that, I never would have dreamed of being able to buy a hundred unit complex, you know, and so, but I always wanted multifamily, but I always had that mindset of, you know, a duplex to a fourplex, something like that. I thought that was going to do it, but eventually in came syndication. Yeah, that's, that, that seems that, you know, with most investors and stuff that I talk to that, that's a, 
that's a hurdle that they have to get over is is being able to go from it seems it's relatively easy for most people to grasp the concept of like a fourplex or an eightplex or maybe a dozen, you know, something like that. But it it's a whole nother barrier that you have to cross um, to be able to get into that, uh, you know, especially into triple triple digit uh, complexes. People just seem like they, you know, not a whole lot of people understand the syndication model and how that works. And so they don't even think that, you know, everyday individuals have a shot at these larger complexes and don't, you know, it's, it's a complex process, but it's not a difficult process. Um, and they don't, you know, so I, I find myself spending a lot of time educating people on the syndication model and how to handle that. Um, is that kind of the same thing that you, you see? Yeah. So, you know, when we were doing those small multis, uh, you know, I just, like I said, I never, if you'd have said, oh, Whitney, you know, why don't we try to purchase a hundred unit complex? I said, oh, David, you're crazy. You know, that's going to be 20 years from now, maybe, you know, or I don't know who those guys are that can afford something like that. Or, you know, that just wasn't, I had no concept that that was even a possibility. It was so out of my mind, I just have possibilities. And so I was just thinking, okay, you know, I can do it over here on these small multis and, and just never even dreamed of that. But the, then I was introduced to syndication and that model and thought, okay, you know, this is like, this is something I can do. You know, I can make this happen. And, and I, I, I just really love the idea of running a, and operating a professional business, you know, and operating where we can help, you know, obviously lots of investors and we can do lots of things, but we can scale faster working with so many professionals as well, as opposed to me managing lots of tenants and toilets, you know, personally, you know, trying to find all these either single family homes or duplexes, whatever, small multis and managing them thinking, okay, that's going to be my, like my retirement, right? That's going to be, that's going to supplement some income and eventually, you know, we'll get them paid for and, you know, just that thought process. And then, you know, eventually I got over that, right? And learned, okay, you know, I can do this. And then we hit the ground running. Yeah, you, you break out the spreadsheet, you start looking at it going, oh, wait, wait a second. I didn't want to, I, I didn't want to apply for the job of property manager. I, I just wanted to, <laughs> That's right. I, you, you know, it's like, wait a second. I just hired myself and, you know, it, actually I did worse than hire myself because, I can't afford to fire myself you know, <laughs> at this point, you know, especially with those smaller, you know, with the smaller, smaller properties, it's like, well, you know, I kind of, I'm kind of stuck here if I want this to be as profitable. So you, yeah, you kind of, you, you know, went from, uh, okay, well I hired myself and now it's time to, uh, yeah, it's time to fire me from this position and, and be able to get that professional property manager and professional maintenance and, that way you're not taking, you know, phone calls about toilets at 3 a.m. That's right. Saturday morning. That's right. <laughs> yeah, the only thing I have left that's smaller would be the 15 unit, and I hope to be rid of it, honestly, you know, sooner than later. Yeah, it, it's, it's you know, the, the economy of scale uh, when you get into multifamily and the fact that, you know, like you said, with what you're looking in that 100-plus uh frame, you know, it, it really just, it lends itself to, you know, being able to have professional property management, professional maintenance, professional, you know, just being able to let you, you have economies of scale so you can afford to pay professionals and let professionals do what they do. And 
that is, you know, that's the beauty. That's to me, that's the, the, the amazing and beautiful part of, of syndication is the fact that, you know, you don't have to do it and you can rely on people who are professionals and pros in these specific spaces. That's right. If you had a hundred single family homes scattered out all over the town, you think about just the time spent, not just for you, but for your maintenance man or anybody else, even whoever's showing all these units, if it's you or getting them rented, whoever's doing that, the time spent driving back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, you know, getting uh, whatever it may be, uh, as opposed to just having them all in one place. And like you said, just the economy of scale, when we can have a hundred unit building, you know, on this curb, and let's say a few blocks over, we have another hundred, 150 unit building. I mean, immediately things get cheaper for us. Oh, definitely. You know, I mean, just immediately things are cheaper and we can start using some of the same maintenance teams. And I mean, there's just so many things then that because we can buy, you know, or, you know, we go in to buy toilets and we say, okay, we need a hundred of those. You know, all of a sudden things get cheaper, right? <laughs> you know, it doesn't matter definitely. what it is. And, and and then also, you know, you, you, you know that there are certain parts and pieces in, in, in a building that are going to wear out faster than others. So, you know, if you have the same faucet all the way through the, the complex, well, when your maintenance guy gets a call that, hey, this faucet is dripping, he knows, you know, he just stops, swings by the maintenance shop. He knows what grommet it is that's leaking because he's fixed it before. So he just goes in, boom, 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 done. Tenants happy. They're, oh, no, cool. They took care of that in like 15 minutes. They're done in, in and out and awesome. And, you know, and then, you know, you not only get your, your, your time, you know, your, or your, your savings by scale and by quantity, but you also save time because your maintenance guy's not run into the house going, okay, what type of, you know, what type of faucet it is? What do I need for it? You know, and it, he just knows, you, you know, most of the time on an apartment complex on the stuff that you get, you know, multiple calls on, guy already knows what it is that he has to do. So he doesn't even really have to think about it. So that just makes things so right. much more, more efficient. Um, what, uh, what, uh, besides the economy of scale, um, what else drove you to the multifamily, uh, syndication model? Uh, really it is the economy of scale, uh, but also being able to, uh, operate a business much, I wouldn't say quicker, but, uh, but getting, getting where I need to go faster personally, yes. but then also helping so many others along the way as well. You know, I, I, I like the idea of having, you know, obviously passive investors who are, who are making great returns, you know, while, and they get to own real estate also, uh, you know, and come along beside me in these opportunities. And then we get to do a lot bigger thing together, right? I mean, this great thing, which is a lot bigger than just say having, say one hard money lender on a, you know, single family flip or, or something like that. Well, now we can take, you know, so many more people with us and, and they can grow, they can own, like I said, own real estate and have the benefits of owning real estate while also, um, you know, us being able to achieve our goals faster. You know, I mean, we have a big why, you know, it's, it's supported by helping fund, you know, fund a, a nonprofit that we have or that we're starting. And so, you know, it helps us to do that as well. And, and, you know, just to give and not, you know, and not just our time and helping uh, educate, but, but helping to uh, just financially as well. Yeah, that that's the that's that's the amazing uh, amazing part of being able to be in this community and you know just in in this community in general that there's so many 
fellow investors that have such an abundance mindset that you know it's it's nice to be in a in a sector of business where there's so many like-minded and people who are you know trying to help and trying to build you know because i i ask at the end of at the end of my show, which I stole from yours. So thank you for, for giving me the idea of asking people, you know, how do they give back? You know, what are their charities? And, you know, I've never had anybody go, oh, I don't do that. You know, so it's, it's, it's amazing. But, you know, that's the community that we're in. And, you know, it's, it's so much better than, you know, some of the other, um, you know, the other things or other sectors of business that I've been in before where it's so extremely cutthroat and, you know, there's almost a negative connotation to it that there's a huge portion of our fellow investors and our fellow syndicators that, you know, everybody has this abundant mindset and wants to be able to grow and profit so that they can give back and help their communities and, you know, help not just the community, right. even the communities that they're investing in and being able to, to, to help grow just everybody in general, you know, it's like, look, a rising tide lifts all boats. And that is such a, a mindset that's in our industry that I just, I'm um, absolutely love it, which is one of the reasons that I was drawn to this industry is the fact that, you know, there are so many people who, you know, just truly want to, you know, we, we all want to make a good living and, you know, that we're provided with that living, but this, the community that is surrounded in what we do is so, so, you know, open and giving. It's just, I think that's an amazing part of what we do and who we get to work with. I agree. Couldn't agree more. I've met some amazing people who are extremely generous in this, in this industry. Yes, definitely. Um, what's uh, what's a couple things, or what's one thing that you have, uh, you know, that that you've gotten into with with purchasing these uh, apartment complexes in Colorado Springs? What's something that you was actually probably a little bit, you know, what what's some of the roadblocks that you've hit? You know, so what's you know some of the story or something that you've you've had to overcome uh, in your journey. I would say one was uh, being able to um, partner with people and and knowing who I wanted to partner with. And I had lots of people coming to me wanting to partner and, and I would say, you know, I'm just not, not sure this is a great fit or I do not know you from anybody or, you know, there's all these things, right? You know, or do our, do our um, skills complement one another? You know, there's so many things, right, that we need to look at to make sure this is a good fit. And and so I had partnered with the team and, and we were doing some very large deals. And, and then um, I found, you know, while I'm also looking for, um, you know, somebody really to, to build our own business with. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I found an individual um, and it's kind of a, a, it's a great story anyway, but how we met and, and some of the things that we kind of worked through and how we determined that this was going to be a good partnership. But, but you know, that a bit, that was a big hurdle for me to really push it to the next level, you know, to really say, you know, okay, you know, the syndication business is such a team sport. If you don't, if you don't have some other players on your team, it is, I mean, it's, it's next to impossible. It's not impossible. I've seen people do it by themselves, but it's, it's very difficult and most will never make it to, to doing it on their own, you know, do, syndicating a whole deal, raising the capital, underwriting deals, finding them, broker relations, investor relations, you know, all those things, managing it. That's, I mean, we could go on and on the things that have to be done. If you're planning to do it all yourself, it's going to be a big hurdle. And so 
I did not plan to do it all myself. I knew what my focus was very early on. So I needed to find somebody else that complemented those skills. And, and that's what I did. And, and so after that, that that's really pushed us to the next level. How did you, uh, what's some of the steps or some of the, the, the vetting process or how did you, how did you pick those partners? What were some of the criteria that you wanted to make sure, you know, what were some of the boxes that you wanted to make sure that these, uh, you know, that these team members and these partners, you know, checked off what, what was yeah. the, the it, it, so when you say like team members, I mean, that's going to be different, whether you're talking about, you know, the broker or the property management team or all these other people who are team members. But the the specific individual I'm talking about is like my, my partner in the business. Yes. You know, like, you know, he's doing, he's focused more on underwriting and asset management, where obviously I'm marketing and investor relations, you know, and that. So, um, so we have complementary skills, you know, so him personally, uh, we were at a conference. We heard it. We actually had dinner together a couple of nights in a row, but with lots of people. Heard him talking. Heard some things he was doing. Just through that, you know, I said, okay, you know, this this may be somebody that I need to consider, you know, or at least talking to. And so, uh, you know, long story short, you know, I mean, I've been praying for a partner for a long time, you know, just about who that would be, and and just that. You know, uh, it, well, it's it, a very, it's, I, I've been in poor, in poor partnerships in the past. So it's like, you know, I want to be very strict about who this is going to be. I'm not going to just jump into this new marriage, uh, you know, really with anybody. Right. Uh, and definitely. so, yeah. 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 Uh, I mean, so I he, mean, this process is really, you know, when you're talking about the partnership process, this is, you know, uh, I mean, you're, when you said marriage, that is the perfect analogy for this is like yeah, it is we're, 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 we're planning on we're going to be in each other's lives for a very long time then that's the plan that it's going to be forever you know sometimes it doesn't work out right but you know it's like look this is this is the intent that you know we're going to be working together for forever is you know the the intent or at least that's the quality of person that i want i want somebody right. i'm willing to work with forever yeah, so he he had he had already syndicated some deals. He had already you know done lots of big things in the business, and and so you know I knew he had the experience. But I, I'll I'll say this: it goes much deeper than just someone's experience when you're thinking about partnering with somebody. And so you know he had some experience. He had some business background, lots of business background. Very intelligent. I could tell those things just by you know talking a few times. Uh, however. You know, I would say the last night of this conference, um, you know, I, I really pulled him aside and, and we talked for a little while. And I just said, you know, uh, I've been praying about a partner partner for a long time and you seem to fit that mold. And if you're open to, you know, a partnership or discussing that, I would like for, to begin that conversation. But it's but this is not a like an offer right now. This is just like a, an opportunity for us to get to know one another. Right. And so I tried to I made that very clear in the beginning. You seem to be what I'm looking for. However, there's still a lot of due diligence that has to be done. Definitely. And so we started actually, you know, he lives in Denver. And so, uh, and so, you know, him living in Denver, me in Virginia, obviously that was it's difficult, right? But I actually flew back out there. I stayed at his house for a few days. I got to know his family. I got to see him with, with his kids and his wife and, and us just do lots of other things together. And we had numerous uh, Zoom calls together with he and his wife and me and my, uh, my wife and I, and, and, you know, for hours. And, and so, but really asking, you know, just anything we could think of. 
And it's not just business related. We want to know, of, of course, about goals and, you know, where do you plan to be in five years? What, you know, what, you know, what's your goal for not just business, but, but, you know, your, you know, how many units, all those things, you know, that we could all talk about. But, but I want to know about your family goals, even. I want to know about, uh, you know, where do you, where, what do you enjoy doing well, on the weekend? Who are you? You know, who, you know, um, you know, where do you go to church? You know, what do they say about you? I want to, I want to ask for other references and I want to talk to other people about you and your family and, you know, other things, because this is, it's a very, it's a very big deal for me to, uh, like I said, to really get married here, you know, in this business relationship. And so I, I wanted to do everything I could. And actually he did the same. He did some very thorough due diligence on me as well, which was great. Um, you know, and, and I welcome, I welcome that. Um, but after that was a big hurdle for me, you know, it's like I, I was growing in this business. I was, you know, I was growing in the capital raising, marketing, all those things and really partnering with this other team. But I wanted to do our own deals as well. I wanted to move in that direction. And so finding this partner was, was that key. Definitely, definitely. And it's, it sounds like, you know, that's, you, you know, it, it's, it's that, it's that just, you know, do your, like you said, do, do your due diligence, you know, um, you know, it, it don't hop into a partnership with somebody, especially, you know, this type of partnership where it's like, look, this is long-term and this is both of our futures are tied to this. This is a very, very, you know, it's, this is a very serious, this is a very, you know, long-term, you know, situation. So it's like, look, if, if we're taking our capital and our time and, you know, putting all this energy into it, you, you want to make sure that, you know, this is the, you know, these are the people that you want to have in your life. You know, it, it's like you said, it's, it's pretty much like you said, it, it's, uh, you just really need to know each other and feel comfortable with each other. And basically, you know, if you're, if you're going to be in a partnership like this, it's like, uh, do you feel comfortable handing the guy the keys to your house? Um, and yeah. uh, I'm pretty sure at this point in time, you would be very happy, you know. Very oh, yeah. Cool, you know? No problem. So yeah. a big thing, though, in the syndication business is that you're tied to these people for the life of that deal. And so people call me all the time. Every week, I get questions about how to get started, how to get started raising capital, all, all these things, you know. And I see people partnering with so many operators bringing capital, you know, that like that's what they're doing. And that's a whole other subject. Uh, however, um, however, you know, what I try to stress is that you know, well, you are partnering with this team for the life of that deal. And you're also partnering your investors with that team for the life of that deal. And so, you know, I say, you know, don't go into that just to get into a deal. Don't go into that just to get a second or third deal, whatever under your belt or because, uh, you know, that the ramifications, if that if they're a poor operator, are going to, I mean, detrimental to your business, you know, and your brand and your name and all those things that you've been trying to build for all, you know, since you've been in the syndication business was probably in that long, but either way, it's still, you know, all that time's going to be wasted and just your reputation. I mean, the, the opportunity loss is, is massive. Oh. And so, you know, you are going to be tied to that person for the life of that deal, whether it's five years, 10 years. I was talking to somebody the other day and I was explaining that and they're like, oh yeah, and this is a 10 year hold, you know, I'm like, okay, you know, so let's think through this a little bit, you yeah. know, let's think, you know, let's look at how they operate and how they respond and how they communicate and, how they treat investors, all, all these things that you need to know, you know, as a passive investor, you need to know that, you know, uh, but, but yeah, so you're married to that person for a long time and you need to understand who they are and how they operate. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just don't, don't hop into it willy nilly. You know, it's, it's make sure that, 
you know, who, who, who you are. It's, it's, this is a long-term game. This is, uh, you, you know, this is, this is long ball. This isn't a short game, you know, this isn't a short game. So, you know, you, you should know and like the person that you're, you know, that somebody, if you're, you know, even on the passive side, if you're just passively investing in these deals, you should pretty much understand and know the, the, the people, you know, the people of the quality and the, and caliber of team that you're invested in, because like you said, I mean, this isn't, you know, this isn't an overnight thing. This is a, you know, three, five, seven, 10 year deal. You know, I mean, who knows what, you know, how long the hold is. And I mean, even some syndicators, you know, they, you know, some syndication deals, they plan on, you know, buy and hold forever, you know, um, you know, with, or, or at least a undisclosed amount of time, you know, it's like, look, this is, you know, our plan is, is to, you know, we're not planning on selling it. We're planning on holding it. And, you know, with any of those deals, you know, that's, that's a long time to be in with somebody. And then, especially if it's somebody that you find out that you don't like, well, that, you know, it's not like you can, you know, at year two, you, you know, it, this is, this is worse than, um, this is a lot harder than a marriage to get out of, you know, um, you know, a marriage, a marriage in some states, a divorce is pretty clean, and, you know, clear cut and simple. But, uh, you know, when you get into this, it's like, no, this isn't, this isn't, uh, this is, this is actually harder than a marriage to get out of, <laughs> you know? Uh, so yeah, definitely. You just want to make sure that you, you, you know, and you bet who you've partnered with extremely well. Um, well, what, um, Besides, besides making sure that you know who you've you've partnered with, um, what other uh, what other big tip for somebody who is a passive investor? What's a what's another tip uh, that you could give them as far as uh, you know vetting a deal? Besides just making sure that the operators are are good, um, what's another piece of advice you may have for for somebody? I would say strongly consider going to the property. Uh, you know, strongly consider going to the property and asking the operator if, if you know, if you can come tour it and then be there, you know, or them give you a tour of the property. Um, you know, a lot of past investors can't do that or they're too busy and there's a, you know, they're, they're a high income earner. They've got a very successful business. There's numerous reasons why they can't do that. And that's fine. I mean, we have lots of investors who never see the opportunities. You know, we have many discussions or we talk to them. Some you know, they don't, they don't ask any, hardly any questions. They, they invest, but, but, you know, I just tell people like, you know, we're, we want you to have the, 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 all the information possible so you can make the best decision that you can, you know, and, and we want you to understand this type of investment. Uh, but, but I, I just say, you know, consider coming to the property and, and it's just different when you can actually walk down the sidewalk, you know, and me and you talk about, you know, okay, you know, yes, you know, we're planning to fix that, or this is what we're doing about this big crack in the pavement or whatever it is, you know, it's just, it builds your confidence in us, honestly, you know, for you to be able to be there and ask those questions. And I say, yes, you know, we've noticed that. Yes, you know, we've got this, you know, an estimate for this or, you know, all those things. It, it just, uh, you know, it, it, it helps them to be more confident in the deal and confident in, in the operator in us. Awesome. Awesome. Um, well, we'll go ahead and start uh, start wrapping this up. I'll, here, here comes your uh, your famous question right back at you, uh, Whitney. How do you prefer to give back to your community? 
So my, my wife and I are very passionate about adoption. We've, we just completed our, our third adoption. Our daughter just came home. She's four weeks old uh, or she uh, four weeks old yesterday. And so, Congratulations. Um, yeah, thank you. Thank you. So, you know, th- going through that three times, you know, adoption can cost 40 to 60,000. Unfortunately, it's, it's extremely expensive and, and it's a, it's just a, major roller coaster and, and most families you know if i talk to them you know and talk to they ask us about adopting and how to do that or you know different questions about our process that we've been through you know when we say 40 to 60,000 they say oh, Whitney that's that's more than i'm making a year how could i do that you know and so that's where LifeBridge Capital has committed uh, 50% of our profits to a nonprofit that we're in the process of of creating now uh, where that will help fund those children's adoptions. We've partnered with our, our church and, and another nonprofit at the moment, but uh, but we're in the process of creating our own nonprofit as well so we can help fund that at expense and help these families through the process of adoption. And that's our, that's our we give back in numerous other ways, but that's our our big why behind LifeBridge Capital. Why, and that is, um, you know, that is my, my hats off to you. Um, you know, I've, I've, I've personally at one point in my uh life had had researched that and and honestly it was uh you know the cost they you know we didn't move forward and that was one of the reasons why was it was you know we were in a position where you know cost factor was uh prohibited and it's like well you know we we, we just uh you, you know just had to continue down a different path but um you know exactly you know the the i i am very grateful that this is your cause and how dedicated you are to the cause that I just, it is very, very greatly appreciated that you, you've not only, you know, decided to open your heart and open your, your house to adoption for these children. You know, you've also made it part of your business to invest in other families to the degree and to the level that you have decided to invest is very impressive and very honorable that you have done that. So, uh, you know, my hat is off to you for, you know, the, the level of commitment that you have to this cause is, uh, unlike very few other people and very few other, you know, dedications to a cause to the level that you are. So, um, you know, my hat's off to you and, and, and thank you for, you know, picking up this mantle and running with this mantle. I am, you know, like I said, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's something after my own heart. And I very much appreciate, you know, what you have done and what you're working on. Um, just thank you so much for that. Um, with that being said, how can my listeners get in touch with you, Whitney? They can reach me at lifebridgecapital.com. They can email me, Whitney, at lifebridgecapital.com. They can call or text me, 540-585-4338. Awesome, awesome. Whitney, again, thank you so much for, for, for spending your time with my listeners. Thank you for you know taking the time out of, out of your busy day to, to be on here. Uh, all my listeners, please uh, hop over. Um, jump on the, on the, his podcast, give him you know, give him a like, give him a follow, make sure that, you know, you're, you're helping spread the word because Whitney has a heart and a desire like none other that I've met. Um, just please, uh, you know, please support Whitney as much as you can. And, you know, just thank you so much. Thank you, Whitney, for the time, um, that you've spent with us and, uh, helping me educate my listeners. Um, 
I just my pleasure, David. Yeah, great to great to catch up with you, David, and and be on your show. I'm honored. Thank you so much, and until next time.